This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. So in the past couple of weeks, we've been uh, talking about this series, Core Values, and we've covered part one and part two of intimacy over activity. And I want to finish intimacy over activity with this one sentence. Don't mistake movement as momentum. I want to finish intimacy over activity and start relationship over gain as don't mistake momentum as movement. See, a lot of times when things are in commotion that we really begin to think that that's a move of God. But see, just because things are moving doesn't mean it's God, and just because things aren't moving doesn't mean God is absent. It's about your relationship with God and your intimacy with God that ultimately shapes your confidence in every moment. Does that make sense? Ultimately shapes your confidence. See, we're moved by, see, the Bible says that we're moved by whims of doctrine. We, if we don't know who we are and we don't know the word of God, we can be moved by anything because all doctrine is is teaching and instructions. So anyone can come along and sound good about what you should do with your life, but that doesn't mean you should listen. And any, any move of God can look, any movement or commotion can look like a revival of God, but it's just people moving emotionally in a state of a congregation. And God has wanted me to settle some things today that today when we worshiped, we pushed past the emotional side of the song. We, we pushed past the emotional presence of people. We closed our eyes, stomped our feet, become, became careless about the people around us to become speechless about who God is as we worshiped him. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? See, so don't mistake movement as momentum. There's a relationship, and see why intimacy is so important in your relationship with God and why that's your first core value is as you move out of intimacy, there's now something to do. Amen? Amen. So I, I, God, I had, God told me to step back in the back during uh, the last worship song, and as I made my way back there, a couple people had words for me. One was a scripture, another one was a, a phrase. And the scripture, funny enough, I've got to read because it was one of the two I was called out of as a pastor, as an evangelist, as a missionary. But inside of it also in the next, next few verses is what I was going to preach on today. So it confirmed the word of God. And I began to get excited like, God, you are faithful to even confirm the words that you would have come out of the mouth of the man of God today. Amen. And I was like, God, you're so faithful, even in the littlest of things, even in the smallest of things. And then my brother Brian, we were back there talking. I was praying in the spirit. I was singing in the spirit. And he came up and whispered. He said, you know, even water will find the deepest point and the lowest part and feel from the bottom up. Aren't you glad? And, and he said this question in my ear. Aren't you glad that God finds our deepest point and feels from there? Amen. 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 
So even when things aren't going right, even when things don't look right, God finds you right where you are and he fills you up right where you are and he begins to move inside your heart right where you are. It always doesn't come out in a shout or a stomp. Sometimes it comes in a blank stare over a hundred yards saying, God, where are we going today? Amen? So the first scripture I want to read, I want to start in Joshua. Um... The scripture that was told to me was Joshua 9, and, but we're going to start in Joshua 8. And I want to talk to you about something that, see, Jesus finished and fulfilled the law, but there still is a law. Isn't that going to mess, that's going to mess some folk up. And it's the law of liberty. Somebody say law of liberty. All right, so there was a law of sin and death, and then there's a law of liberty where we're free from sin and death. Come on, somebody. Amen. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves back in the bondage of religion trying to perform for God through our motives and our actions and our movements, and we'll call it momentum in God. Amen. But that's not God. God is moving when you're asleep. God is moving when you think he's not moving. God is the way maker. God finds a way where there is no way. God will motivate you in ways that no man or no book can. God will do more than a song. God will do more than what your wife can whisper in your ear about. Come on, fellas. God can do more than that. Amen. God is moving you today through the law of liberty. So keep this book of the law always in your lips, Joshua 1 and 8. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I have, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, but do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever so you go. And then verse 10. So then Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp. And tell, somebody say tell, tell, the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Somebody say, get your provisions ready. No oh, way, we're about to get there, all right? Three days from now, three days from now, we're going to cross the River Jordan. Go tell, get ready, and wait. Go tell, get ready, and wait. Sometimes, just like, and I, I want to bring clarity this morning, a relationship with God will pull out the wisdom in you so that you can feel, fulfill what he's called you to do. Amen? Amen? You've experienced, somebody, somebody better preach with me right now. Amen? I'm, I, I ain't even about to teach today. I'm going to just, just cut loose and probably lose a shoe. I don't even know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. I just know that I'm feeling the charge of the Holy Spirit this morning, and I hope you do too. Amen? I, I'm feeling the presence of God bubbling from the inside of me. No, no, no. He didn't come down. He didn't decide to show up. We didn't beg him to show up today. He's not schizophrenic and running away saying, oh, maybe this congregation will be saved. No, no, no. He came in your heart heart today and you decided to let him out and all of us are on one of accord and I feel the presence of God bubbling over each and every one of you. Amen. Isn't that amazing? So he said, go tell three days from now, get ready. So when we look at Genesis chapter 12, we're not going to go there. It's a big chapter to read. God calls Abram and he says, go to this city, Canaan, this place that was 
prosperous, with flowing with milk and honey. Get up and go. Now, if you watch the Bible story like I did and you watched maybe the History Channel and maybe the Netflix binge one night on, on all the Bible stories, you may have saw that story as Abraham got up, broke his idols, and said, come on, Sarah, let's go. You may have saw that he got up and said, all right, everybody, come out, get the goats, get the sheep, get the camels that we're leaving right now. You might have saw it like that, but see, what it says is go tell, get your provisions ready, and then a certain time, manner, and purpose will be fulfilled by the presence of God. Sometimes you move too quickly to try and fulfill what God has called you to do. And then you get discouraged because your relationship is built on the momentum and the movement in your life instead of the intimacy and confidence from spending time with God and Him telling you exactly how to go. Amen? Your first core value is intimacy. Before you do any decision in life, whether it be business, friendships, or anything, spend time with God and get your provisions ready. Amen? How about you get those provisions ready like Abraham or Abram, and, you, and, and he's sitting there, and he's, he, he, you know, he's saying, but God, you just said, I'm going somewhere I've never seen. Well, his responsibility to get his provisions ready was get the sheep ready, get the camels ready, get the people ready to go. Go tell, get your provisions ready. And let me, let me, let me, let me throw a nugget at you this morning. When you don't have something... The Bible says, I will place you, your anointing will place you before kings, and I will provide what you need to take with you. Amen? Nehemiah was sad, and he showed it on his face. But he, see, I don't think Nehemiah, the way pastors have talked about him in the past, he was already in slavery. He was already in bondage. His name had been stripped from him. And you want to try and tell me he got sadder? No. He was living for God and the countenance of his face because what God had laid on his heart had said, but God, how are we going to rebuild the wall? And God put something in his heart. I've called you. I'll place you before the provision because I am the great I am. Amen. Somebody better hear me today. You're looking at your wallet and saying, I can't got it. I got to wait till something's moving for me to get in the water. No, no, no. You, you don't got to wait till the water's troubled to see a healing. You just got to know God's already moving on the behalf of your healing. Get your provisions ready. Amen? Relationship. Intimacy. And so you have Joshua Who's get, he's leaving, and you have Abraham who's leaving. You have Nehemiah that's rebuilding and didn't have what he needed, but God placed him. So you have three scenarios. One that had walked with a man and learned from his mistakes through the relationship with Joshua and Moses. Come on. One that had walked with a man and learned from his mistakes, Joshua and Moses. Then you had another one who didn't have what was necessary. Any, any Nehemiahs in here? You're looking at your bank account. You're looking at your network growth. You're looking at who's hanging out saying, God, how are we going to do this? But God said, I'm, I'm going to put you before the provision. See, two, now you have two examples of how God provides through relationship. It was the relationship that Nehemiah had as a cupbearer that put him before a king to provide him with everything he needed to go and spy and see. Amen? Go tell the people. Somebody, go, somebody say, go tell the people. Go tell the people. 
Go tell the, you need to go tell the people it doesn't matter whether you have it or not. God said, go get your provisions ready. Amen. You, you're sitting there waiting on the provisions to come in to your hand. But God said it'll be through your relationship with me and the relationship surrounding you. You won't have to work at this. You won't have to network this. You won't have to make it happen. You won't have to market this. You won't have to, you don't have to do all that. No, 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 no. You ain't got to put a Facebook ad out today. No, no, no. You ain't got to promote your Instagram today. No, no. See, when you got relationship, God moves. Relationship over gain. Relationship over gain. Somebody say relationship over gain. Come on, come on. You, you're trying to network. See, I came in, everybody, people are shocked when I'm standing outside shaking hands, and I say, hey, I'm Kyle. They go, and, and this has happened for the last four weeks. Oh, who are you? I'm Kyle. And I sometimes, if they don't ask, I just let them find out when I get up to preach that I'm the pastor. Amen? Because I want to get to know you. Amen? Because, see, I, I, I believe that God, see, I just had it. I believe God is taking us somewhere. Amen? And I'm not looking to be Joshua. I'm not looking to be Moses. I'm just looking to be in the crowd saying, I'm following Jesus. Let's go. Come on. And I, I'm not looking around saying, what you got in your net? See, I'm not, I'm not doing, playing marketing schemes saying, look at the five people around you and their net worth determines your net worth. No, 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 no. My net worth is in Jesus. My network is who I have a relationship with. Amen? So while you, if all your relationships are about gain in business, if all your relationships are about what can, you, what can we barter? See, a lot of people just have friends because of how they, you know, meet their need. But what about having that friend that don't do nothing for you? Amen? What about having that friend that every time they call you say, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me love. Lord, let it go to the voicemail. But see, it's because you put too much responsibility on that relationship in you is why you want to avoid it. If you would keep your relationship on God to supply the needs of that relationship, you would never feel depleted in that relationship. Amen? Amen? Because if most of your relationships are about making you happy, then the one that doesn't, you avoid. Amen? The one that doesn't, you avoid. So can I, can I, can I get a witness that sometimes we treat God that way? Uh, let me just back up off that. Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we treat God like that because, see, when our relationship and our intimacy, we say, God, I got this new idea, and it's going to be good. Like, like we need to counsel God. God, I was watching YouTube the other day, and praise God, in the middle of, uh, you know, this gaming thing, I just, I had an idea, and I think it's going to be good. See, you went to God trying to convince him about your life instead of went to God having him convict you about what you should be doing. Amen? Conviction ain't a bad thing. Amen? Oh, Hallelujah. And sometimes we step back from God and we go, God, well, since you don't agree with me right now, I'm going to gather five people around me and I'm going to network a little bit and come back to you until till you change your mind. And then we make a mess of everything and then everything is all falling apart. Abraham, amen. Did you say something, Lot? Yes, you did. Because Abraham and Lot's relationship, pulling a little bit from Greg Moore right now, was based on gain. 
It, see, Lot was cool. He was sly. You ever had a friend like this? They had traveled together, and, you know, they were having some trouble. Same, we treat God the same way. And uh, Lot's like, you know, I want to honor you, Abraham. I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna take this over here. You know, where Sodom and Gomorrah is, where all the money is. And I just want to honor you with that. Is that okay? And Abraham, out of relationship, knew uh, that's not going to be good. But out of relationship, I know what I would do with that. But I know what you're going to do with that. I'm going to let you go make your mess. Isn't it funny how sometimes through relationship, we sometimes make a mess out of things. And then we come to the Lord, if there'll be just one righteous, Lord. If there'll just be one righteous there, Lord, spare the city. And we're asking God to spare things after we've done made a mess of things. Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier to go to God first, intimacy over activity? And have a relationship instead of gain? To know what you should do instead of get in a mess after you've done got all your people together and you got your SOP and your one, two, threes? And after you've done projected how much money you're going to make and now you're broke? Let me talk to the fellows that are single. Well, Lord, you know she looks good. She has monetary value, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She got this little curl on the left side of her face that just makes me scream. Hallelujah. Gain. But the Lord is saying, do you know her heart? Do you know her brain? Have you had any conversations where you're actually paying attention to what she was saying instead of looking at her outside value, just leaving it like that? Amen? Amen. Sometimes you need... <laughs> Can I tell you when it comes to relationship, write this down, it's better to not look at the face value first, but look at the heart, and that comes through discernment, and that comes through intimacy. That comes through going to God about things. Amen? Man, I can remember I was going to marry this girl. She's, well, the one that I married is not here today. But she's probably watching online. Don't beat me up when I get home. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? And uh, her name was Patricia, but we called her Pepper, if that says anything. You ever got pepper in your eye? It stings. I got pepper in my eye and it stung. Amen. She loved the thug in me. She wanted me to stay a gang member. She loved starting fights in bars by going and talking to somebody and flirting with them and saying, he just flirted with me. I got pepper in my eye. But once I began to get her core value, once I began to realize who she was, relationship over gain, I was thinking, I'm not gaining anything, and there really is no relationship. If you go into something looking for gain first, you're going to lose everything. Write that down. If you go into something looking for gain first, you're going to lose everything. Relationship divulges the truth. Come on, somebody talk to me. Relationship divulges the truth. See, some people, they got this nice look on them, right? Amen? But I call that their workout face. <clears throat> I call that their flexed muscle. Amen? I, I, I call that their best outfit. 
Because after a while, you can only hold a flexed muscle before so long before the arm goes limp and it reveals its true strength. Can I tell you, you need to hang out with folk more before you dedicate yourself to their life and what they're doing or you'll find yourself in the same relationship that Abraham did with Lot. Things take time. I'm speaking to somebody today because, see, somebody's got, you're developing relationships and you like it because they make you laugh. You like it because they make you feel good. You like it because, um, you know, you've never had a friend like me. But you're starting to pick up on things and you're starting to see things and instead of you influencing, you're being influenced. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on. So the reality is, is that you're supposed to be the influencer, not the influenced in the relationships. You're supposed to be presenting Jesus. And the only way you can do that is confidently stand in the presence of God. And you don't even have to walk out of that presence to come greet somebody. You bring that presence with you. You bring the power of God with you so much that if that person has a demon, it might just manifest. You cast that thing out and you preach the gospel to them, get them saved, and then you got a real relationship happening. Amen. The reality is, like, I believe that the reason why God spoke to Joshua, be strong and of good courage, I believe the reason he spoke that to him is because he, he said, fear not their faces. I, see, we can be moved by people's faces in our relationship, and we're trying to gain ground when we're actually losing it. Amen? But when I go look at Abraham, he broke his idols. How many broke your idols before? Amen? I got a weird story I'm going to tell you. I used to be pretty radical. You're pretty radical now. I used to be worse. I got saved, y'all. And when I got saved, God started talking. I started, I started, for three years, I didn't watch TV. For three years, I didn't go to a restaurant that had a bar in it because of my lifestyle of being a functioning alcoholic. Uh, for three years, I didn't go around anything that would influence me because I knew I needed to break some things off of me. Amen. So it's about my relationship with God and my relationship with his word. Amen. And I realized that during that three years, so this is the one crazy thing I did. I got all my DVDs. And I used to have this 357, a dirty, hairy pistol. Amen. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And me and them DVDs. They lost to my 357. I lined them all up and used them as target practice in a row. And I really miss some of those DVDs now because there was nothing wrong with that Alabama movie with the blonde-headed chick in there. There was really nothing wrong with that movie. It was just, it was actually kind of funny, but I shot it anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was nothing wrong with Shrek other than the way he looked, but I shot it anyway. There's nothing wrong with that little blue monster that was an alien. I can't even remember that movie. My kids watch it, but I shot it anyway because, because I was trying to do everything to please God. I was trying to have a relationship with God through my actions. I was trying to have a relationship with God with how long I prayed, how much I re read the Bible. And for the first three years of my Christian walk, man, did it manifest glory. Did miracles happen? Amazing things. I got called during that time. But I also didn't have the wisdom to sustain that type of lifestyle. I didn't have my provisions ready. 
Some of you, God's calling you to move from one, one, one place to another. God's, calling, God's moving you. You feel that moving, and you just think that you just got to move. But you need to go home and get your bags packed, metaphorically speaking. Don't nobody call me and say, I left my house yesterday. Don't nobody do that. Don't nobody call me and say, I quit my job today. Uh-uh. That's between you and the Lord. I'm metaphorically speaking. Amen. You need to go home and get your bags packed, get your provisions ready, tell the people what God is doing in you. See, if God's boldly calls you, you can boldly tell. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! If God has boldly told you to do something, you can boldly tell. Well, I don't want to let my left hand know what my right hand is doing. Well, praise God. They work together, Amen. Sometimes you ain't got to worry about telling people if God said it, what, what, what man can shut, what God, what God opens, no man can shut. Amen? And when I boldly stand in confidence, my brother, when I boldly stand in confidence with what God is telling me to do through intimacy, whether anybody agrees with me or not, I can go. See, I said it last week, confidence is not when everybody agrees with you. Confidence is when nobody does. Amen? See, God moves me. God moves me. See, you got to be presence based. You got to be the presence of God based in every decision through your relationship with God over gain. Can I tell you, stop making friends on Facebook just to have friends on Facebook? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody came up to me the other day and said, How, do you, how, do you, how are you not able to have any more friends on Facebook? How many does that take? I said, 5,000. Said, how did you get there? I wanted to be like, I'm famous. <laughs> but I responded, I'm needy. I wanted to have the most friends on Facebook, and sometimes I delete more people daily than I ever do friend them anymore. Like, oh no, I don't want to see that. Hallelujah. If you're just sometimes the the worst gain comes through you not having a relationship in your activity before you take activity. God is speaking to someone today. Somebody look at you and say, God's speaking. Somebody say, go tell the people. Get your provisions ready. All right. Now say it with vigor. Go tell the people. Get your provisions ready. Tell them, get your provisions ready. Amen. Relationship success and ministry success Go hand in hand. Shooting stars. All right, so you have a ministry. How many people have a ministry? Raise your hand. You have a ministry. You feel like God's called you to do something. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to listen right now then. You started off with relationship. Amen. You started off with relationship. You got saved and you got relationship. Things started climbing. People started liking you because they saw something in you. And people started connecting to you. And people started talking to you. And, and see, relationship, relationship. But if, you're, if you don't guard your relationship with God on your pathway to success, you'll get distracted from that relationship. And all those bad relationships will place you in the place of gain and not in the place of intimacy. Amen. Amen? 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 
Because the first warning I got from God when he called me, because I used to get up every, every revival. I was in probably one every week, and I couldn't wait to preach third song. I'd be up like, hallelujah, I'm just a fireball for Jesus. And people would shout, and they'd come up, you'll make a good Pentecostal preacher one day. You got so much potential. I said, one day, watch this. And I was, <laughs> amen. <laughs> But along the way, people, people started coming up to me afterwards and saying, you preached well, you're so good, you're so anointed. Tell me how, tell me how. And But somewhere along the line, it got in my head, and God spoke to me, said, remain small in your own eyes. Remain small in your own eyes so that I remain big in your eyes. And remember, I'm the one that brought you here. Remember, I'm the one that placed you here. Don't forget who I am. And I was like, oh. And here recently I was watching some things happening in Australia. And I said, God, I used to see all these miracles and all these things in my life. And you're moving me in a different way and all these things. And it was Tuesday night. He said, Kyle, I've called you to prosper the soul. He said, if they're not thinking right, they can't believe right. And if they can't believe right, I'm not manifesting in their life. And it's not that he's not manifesting. It's not that he's not present. It's the blockage of unbelief through wrong thinking and wrong believing that is relinquishing and not allowing the manifestation of God. He said, Kyle, for this season, I've called you to the soul to renew their mind from religion into relationship, out of religion into intimacy, and into their call, divine call of God into their destiny, letting their character be shaped and their kingdom influence begin to happen. So I would rather have all of you get right with God instead of me up here like, get up, get out, stand up and walk. See, miracles are going to happen more than you could ever believe in this church when all of you get to the upper room place where we all come stop looking at me to preach and perform and start saying, God, I know you're here today because I've been praying all week. And when I walked into this place, there was a surge and a charge in me, and I'm dependent on you. Amen? Hallelujah. Relationship over gain. Somebody came up to me, Rob, last week. I think it was around Thursday, Wednesday. I can't even remember what day it was, Rob. I was out and about walking around, and somebody recognized me from another church. And they said, you know, if you would just do this, you'd have more people in your church. I was like, I almost cussed. <laughs> I needed Jesus in that moment, Amy. I really did. I was like, who the are you? and let my spirit man just speak right now and they said if, if you would just have some miracles happen in your church and I said we do there's one sitting right there with her knees right now arthritis has left she said her life is changing every day hallelujah amen but they said if you would just do this you'd have more people and all I heard God say is he said stay the course stay the course keep following me Keep doing what I say. Don't go with what's trending. Go with the Trinity. And I was like, whoa, Jesus, hallelujah. Don't go with what's trending. Go with the Trinity. Amen, because trends fade with the next one. And you'll just be trying to keep up with the next trend. If we just had more people, where, what do they call these things, Tegan? Chinos, all right, praise God. If we just had more people wearing chinos, we'd have more people in our church. Amen. Hallelujah. More people would just find freedom and wear holes in their pants like Tegan does. They'd have more freedom. I'm not picking on her. I wear, I wear some holy jeans. I, 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 you know, if my, anyway, not going there. Hallelujah. 
Amen? If people would just wear more t-shirts, if people would just do this, if people would just, no, no, no. If you would just focus on God and God was so powerful in your life and you have a relationship with him, everything in your life would experience gain because prosperity would be happening. So go tell the people. Go tell the people. Get your provisions ready. See, what you don't realize is, is that right now you're in the season of get your provisions ready. So I'm speaking to somebody, hallelujah. You're in your Selah moment. You know what Selah means? Calmly ponder on that. Whew. Amen. So what I just said, you need to calmly ponder on that. Go tell the people and get your provisions ready. Now Selah, take a moment and calmly ponder on that. See, You're trying to figure out how to market it. You're trying to figure out how to make it work if you've got a business. You're trying how to get your friend fixed. You're trying how to figure out how to get your marriage, the fire back in your marriage. So you're trying to figure out how to get your kids to learn things. You're trying to, all your relationships are being impacted by what you're trying to figure out when you just need to let God give you wisdom in your rest. See, in a relationship with God, it's it's shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Selah. In your relationship with God, you have all the wealth of the, of the kingdom inside of you. You have everything that you need on the inside of you. Selah. And see, while you're trying to pull from other wells and reservoirs and pull from other places to get the water in you, God said, draw from your well of salvation with joy. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? When Brian said to me, the water goes down to the very deep places, God fills you from the deep. The Bible says the deep calls the deep. God is filling the places you aren't looking at, waiting on you to just stand still and say, Selah, get your provisions ready. It doesn't look like it's working right now. It doesn't look like it's going to make any money right now. It doesn't look like anybody's going to partner with you right now. But God said, Selah, get your provisions ready. Amen? Abraham didn't just break his idols. He got his provisions ready. He even had enough time to argue with Lot on whether he should go or not. Amen? Praise God. Three days from now. Hallelujah. Everybody's going to call me three days from now. (laughs) Some are going to be saying, I was waiting on it, Pastor. What happened? Others are going to say, Pastor, it happened. Others are going to say, I'm still waiting. Because you realize that all I did was just release a faith statement that there's some time, manner, and purpose happening in your life right now. Amen? There's some time, manner, and purpose happening in your life right now. You need it, it, When they sang this song this morning, they didn't know how, how much it was going to be a part of this message. It's in the waiting. Your breakthrough has already happened. The, see, we, we wait for the breakthrough, but can I tell you the breakthrough has already happened. It's in the waiting for the getting your provisions ready. Go tell the people God has done, and don't wait for it to show up to show up. Amen? Amen? Don't wait for the provision to show up before you do. Amen? Noah had a relationship with God. Noah had a relationship with God. God said, build an ark. Amen. Bring them in two by two. Bring them in by seven. Bring them in. Do this. Do that. 
Build an ark. Build it this way. Everyone, while they were drinking and being married, Noah, Noah, what you doing? Noah, come down here and party with us. Noah, come on down. Noah, why are you putting a roof on that? You know it never rains. God said it's going to rain. It's never rained, Noah. But God had a relationship with Noah. And see, he didn't want the gain of everybody agreeing with him. He didn't care about the social status of whether he had all the likes on Facebook and Instagram if it was alive back then. Noah just tweeted, (laughs) hallelujah, he's building an ark because it's going to rain. It would blow up everywhere. It would trend. Hashtag Noah's stupid. It would. It would. But when it started raining, it would start trending. Noah was right, y'all. We need to get to Noah. Hashtag, hashtag, we all going to die. I'm making light of this subject, but it's a reality. See, Noah wasn't depending on social status and trending of a popular message to try and write his next book before anybody would believe him. No, he wasn't trying to write the next song to, to, before anybody would sing with him like David. No, no, David was on the side of the pasture where nobody could see him and his application to the palace was fulfilled by the promise in God and him being passionate about what God told him to do in the waiting. His relationship with God, Noah's, Abraham's, Joshua's, Joshua's, Moses, all the great men and women, they were not perfect. They all messed up. But the reason they were not shooting stars and died like Saul is because they put their relationship with God first over gain. I said last week, we got got to get our priorities in order. I so disagree with this statement. I'm going to mess some people up. Those that were here know what I'm talking about. Last week I said, you know, it's God first. You know, family, church, your job, we list things like that. And uh, I totally disagree. It's God only. Amen? It's God only. It's God in my family. God in my church. God on my job. God everywhere I am. Because anything that I'm doing separate from Him is not prosperous. So I want my prosperous family... I want my prosperous church. I want my prosperous job. Because, see, it's not about separating and just saying, I read my devotional today. I gave my five hours in. I went to church and did my two. Amen. And checked it off for the week. No, no, no. See, it don't stop today. This inspires you to spend more time with God. God needs to show up in your morning email tomorrow. How many of you know God needs to show up in some of your budgets? While we're trying to figure out how to produce gain, God has promised it. And if we stay connected to him through intimacy, we receive the wisdom to fulfill it. Amen? Amen? A lot of people, they're having conferences right now, and I'm refusing to have one this year. And they said, and some of my people I talked to said, why not? I said, because I don't want to have to try and find the, Great name, Chris, that's out there preaching really good right now and have him come so just people will show up. You know what I want to do? I want to have a conference every day, every Sunday for Jesus. And I want to see the best messages preached that are not just influential, motivating, speaking messages and not just 20 minutes of fluff. Amen? I want something that will root me and ground me in my week with God. Amen? I showed up this morning and it was a fun morning. Anybody ever had them off mornings? 
Hallelujah. Come on, raise your hand high. And it ain't all y'all super saints. Well, if I say it with my mouth, I'm just believing that, uh, praise God, that I may have one on tomorrow. No, no, no. You have an off morning. You just get good at covering up. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, do everything with excellence. See, if you valued, you invest in what you value. You promote what's feeling you. See, when you like a restaurant, you tell everybody about it. When you like a movie, you tell everybody to go watch it. But we don't do that with church. Why? I'm not trying to fill this church. I'm not trying to grow this church. I'm, not, I'm saying, why do we not tell people what God's doing in our lives? We, we, we need to not be ashamed anymore. See, my first relationship and my most important relationship and the relationship that's valued in every relationship is God. If I have to shut up talking about God around you, you ain't going to be in a relationship with me. Amen? If I can't pray over my food because it embarrasses you out in public, guess what? You ain't going out to dinner with me. Amen? I, that's why I like Yolanda, my sister that moved from the U.S. Last, Friday night when we were bowling, she said, let's open up in prayer. She didn't bring the kids in closer. No, she said, Lord, I just thank you. For the night we're going to have bowling. People just, what's going on? Well, they're Christians over there. Well, yes, hallelujah. And they're having fun, too. Hallelujah. They're not bowling all time, the whole time. No, no, no. They're just bowling, and they look like normal people. But see, we, we, we set ourselves apart by not being inhibited by what we do with our intimacy with God in our relationship with God everywhere we go. The moment you start letting people and gain and, and qualities and promotions and jobs and all these things inhibit your relationship with God, whatever you're doing ain't going to prosper anyway. Because, see, Daniel, huh, can I tell you about another one that had a relationship with God? Daniel, when they told him he couldn't pray, I believe he was like me. He got a little fired up. He, see, he didn't have a lower classroom. He was preferred, so he had something a little high in the city. He went up to the top of the city, up them stairs with a purpose, didn't didn't, didn't walk through the city. No, 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 no. He went to the right at the outer court window shutter. Poof. I believe and love my God. Go ahead and try and kill me. And they did. And he turned his back on what was trying to kill him. See, I ain't got, any, I ain't got a relationship with what's trying to kill me. Get thee behind me, Satan. I don't have a relationship with what's behind me. I believe if he had turned to the lions and had a, had a contact, fear would have came on him. But he said he didn't have a relationship with what was trying to kill him. He wasn't trying to talk the lions, don't eat me. I don't know. He just said, I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to look at my way out. I'm going to wait until in the morning. I'm going to look at my way out because, see, that's going to open for me. That right there is going to open for me. God promised me. Through my relationship with him, that if I do these things, if I do these things, that I will gain the world. See, we've overcome through the name of Jesus and we've gained the world. He that has overcome the world is in us. The same Holy Spirit that leads us, guides us, and directs us that we have a relationship with is the same one that raised Jesus from the dead. While we're looking to gain, we're forgetting our best relationship. Can I, can I tell you just one last thing? 
Turn your back on what's trying to influence you. And turn your face to Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. Because see, you're going to be challenged in your character. Because see, intimacy with God shapes your character and increases your kingdom influence. Write that down. Intimacy with God shapes your character and increases your kingdom influence. People don't want to hear you whine about your life. People want to see your life thriving so that they can learn from you because you are a living epistle being read of all men. Amen? Amen? So it is now time to let our character be shaped through our first core value, intimacy over activity. I just want to say thank you again to Karis Bible College for providing this teaching to us and some of these students here that, you're, that I'm gleaning from today. And again, that'll be the one and last time I do that. Amen. But thank you guys for supplying this, this stuff to us. Because see, the reality is don't mistake movement as momentum. You need to be still and know that he is God. That's not stopping That's while you move, communing. Because communion with God creates your Christian and kingdom momentum. Some of my most silenced moments have been the most impactful, and that was last week when God called me away for three days. He said, go lock yourself in a hotel room. I said, God, if I'm going to do it, you're going to provide. I need the provisions. Someone called me. Said, we got an extra room during this conference. You want to stay in it? I said, yes. Just happened to be the same time that God called me away. That's not coincidence. That's God. Some of the greatest times is when I've stepped away from the people, stepped away from my problems, and I went to my one and only relationship and said, God, I need a little bit more of you in here because, see, I'm trying to make this move. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand, but, see, I'm trying to make it work. I'm trying to fix it. But I've gone as far as I naturally can. I need some supernatural on this. When you move away from the problem, you can begin to see the promise. But if, you're still, if you stay focused on the problem and how to fix it, and you stay focused on the issue and what's going on, you lose sight of the promise. Because things aren't going to work out in your time. Things, you got to be patient and wait on the Lord you got to release your authority and call things forth. you got to believe when nobody else believes. you got to move when nobody else moves because God said to. you got to tell the people so that you can face them saying no. It's funny enough, see, a lot of people think preparation is, is wrong. Take no thought of tomorrow. See, That scripture is talking about your future and your eternal life. It's not talking about your vision. See, vision is from the heart of God. God has a plan for you. Ambition comes from the heart of man. And see, they sent 12 spies to go survey the land to bring back a report that they could go commune with God about and move on that city through preparation. They knew how big Jericho was before they got there. They knew how the city of Ai, they knew all about these things before they got there. But they needed to tell the people and and they needed to get their provisions ready. And see, the just 
live by faith, not by sight. So, but sometimes you need to know what to pray about, and you need to get some things ready. Some of you got mission trips to go on. You, you, you're waiting on God to provide. You need to tell the people and get your provisions ready. Some of you have ministries that are launching. You need to tell the people and get your provisions ready. Some of you have marriages you're about to start. You need to tell the people and get your provisions ready, meaning you need to go to some marriage counseling. Amen? Provision is not faithlessness. Provision is perception of faith for success. Provision is perception of faith for success. See, I was feeling sick, and they tried to tell me that I had something wrong with my heart. I said no, and God healed me. But I went to the doctor out of preparation to intrigue that area in my life with faith. My son at seven had gotten lymphoma. I went to the doctor. I didn't say, no, no, no. He doesn't have it. I say, yes, yes, yes. God's got it. Because he died on the cross. He sent his son to die on the cross. And with great groaning in my heart, I saw my son healed overnight from lymphoma. I've been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Most of you know that. Hallelujah, I've raised two people from the dead. Most of you don't know that. But I'm not sitting here glorifying me. I'm glorifying the God that's in me. But see, I wanted to teach you a valuable lesson because a lot of times we come and we get encouraged and we feel good, but we forget everything the pastor said. We can't remember the message, so I'm going to say it again. Don't mistake movement for momentum. And value your relationship with God in everything over gain and watch everything prosper. Amen? So if you get nothing else today, tell the people, prepare your provisions, and in due season, you will cross your River Jordan. In due season, you will leave your land. In due season, you will build an ark. In due season, you will rebuild the wall. In due season, you will see the blinded see, the sick and the lame walk. In due season, you will see demons casted out of people. In due season, you will see the salvation of your family. In due season, you will see your community change. In due season, you will see this church rise as a city on a hill. In due season, but not before it's time. In due season, you got to prepare your heart and your mind for the season that's coming. God said your relationship with him is necessary, right? now. You need to set apart all your time for God, not just some time for God. God needs to be in your morning email. God needs to be in your morning prayer. God needs to be in your breakfast, your lunch, and your meetings. God needs to be in everything that you do. God is no longer removed from anything that you do. I'm telling you right now, make God everything in your life and watch everything prosper. Watch everything prosper. It's time that you stop trying to figure it out and just get out what is unnecessary and tell the people, me and my house are going to serve the Lord and get your provisions ready. Get your provisions ready because in due season, you're going to build your ark. In due season, you're going to build the wall. In due season, the light and the glory of God will shine and rain more than ever seen before. Before I reckon these light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory. I said the glory that shall be revealed in us. Value God over everything and let him shape your character. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram, at WCC Gold Coast 
and on Facebook at WorldChangesGC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.